Can we create equity in STEM? Absolutely. The thing that always touches me the most is when students in one country get to learn from someone else somewhere else. When we have diverse places for kids to learn and teachers to teach, the perspectives of all sharpen the saws of everyone in the room. The topic of today's podcast is Increasing Equity in STEM, a conversation with Kerry Warnock. Unpacking Education is brought to you by Avid.org. Avid believes that every learner can develop student agency. To learn more about Avid, visit their website at avid.org. Welcome to Unpacking Education, the podcast where we explore current issues and best practices in education. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Winston Benjamin. We are educators. And we're here to share insights and actionable strategies. Education is our passport to the future. Our quote from today is from the K-12 Computer Science Framework. It says, equity is not just about where the classes are available, but also about how these, those classes are taught, how students are recruited, and how the classroom culture supports diverse learners and promotes retention. What are you thinking? What's your response, Rena or Paul? Well, you know, I'm coming in with that elementary lens, and I think it goes even deeper than this quote. It's also about how we provide on-ramps, engagement, and relevance around computer science to all students. So it's about how to help connect it to what students care about, the types of problems they want to solve. Because once we provide that on-ramp, they can access it into and get into other courses. Um, and there's a lot of work to do around, we've talked about meeting students where they are bringing CS to them rather than having them go to CS. Yeah, I like that. My reaction similar, Rena. You know, I think the quote hits on the importance of seeing equity in a multifaceted way. Yeah, we can offer classes and, and ironically that might even be the easy part but then what do we do with that what do we do within those classes how do we get kids into those classes um, how do we give them not only the on-ramps but the off-ramps then into careers from that place and give them the opportunity knowledge that avid always talks about i think it is a multifaceted problem and approach i appreciate everyone talking about the idea the multi-dimensional nature of solving this problem there's no panacea, one magic bullet that can actually give us a solution. So I appreciate attempting to identify so many different avenues and venues to solve this problem of creating equitable classroom. But today we have a special guest, Kerry Warnock, our educational consultant, STEM leader, and avid advocate. Um, Kerry, would you like to share um, your thoughts on the quote before we start or how, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Winston. You know, it's not about just what's available because we can offer hundreds of courses all day long. It is about who is missing in the chairs. So for me, it is truly wall-to-wall equity, access and opportunity for all. It means we're looking at all. And so I I think I really just, um, I don't know, I, I got really stuck on that part about what's available because we can offer lots of things, but we have to see who's missing from the chairs. Because mm, that's a good point, because that thing we have offered may still not reach those who've been missing. That's a really excellent point. I, I appreciate that. 
Welcome to our, our, our conversation about unpacking education, talking about wall-to-wall STEM engagement. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and also what drew you to STEM? Why is it such an important part of your uh, career focus and advocacy? Well, I've been a passionate educator for a couple of decades now, and I I sort of walked into the STEM world um when creating magnet schools and a lot of the research in magnet schools said that we were missing the E in STEM. Mm. And so uh, I really started digging in on why is that um, and what can we do to solve that problem for kids and teachers. And so that's, that's kind of where my interest and passion came in for STEM and also for equity. Appreciate that. And can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on you said a focus on equity, but how did you get into equity work, especially around STEM? So I had this mentor um, named Dr. Stein, and she had been involved with magnet schools for decades. And uh, she helped to create Magnet Schools of America. And at the time, she was a third party evaluator for the grant that I was working under. And I had no idea she was famous. I had no idea that she was someone very important in magnet schools. And then after I came to know her, I realized, wow, she is a powerful um, person in the equity and diversity world. Um, and so she taught me so much to um, to stand up, to not walk away, to keep pushing um, and to really create more diverse spaces for kids and teachers inside of schools and districts. So I just want to zoom in a little bit and think about a personal story that you might be able to share about how STEM and actually have touched you? Yeah. So, you know, I've been able to work on STEM programs around the world and, and really scale some of those programs with students all over. And so the thing that always touches me the most is when students in one country get to learn from someone else somewhere else who lives a different way, who has a different educational system, who their life is just completely different. And so what touches me is when those teachers connect and when those students connect and when those district champions connect with each other and we all learn something. And so uh, I have friends and colleagues and contacts, you know, who live differently than I do. And I appreciate that about them and they appreciate that about me. And so that really touches me when we can connect all over the world. I love that idea of connecting different students and especially from different cultures. What a powerful experience for students. Um, kind of a takeoff of that question. What about STEM itself helps to create equity or maybe what doesn't? Is there a combination there? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. So I think sometimes STEM doesn't create equity. If you look at some of the statistics from around just the U S alone, um, I think, you know, just like I said earlier, we have kids missing from seats. And if we look around and if we ask ourselves, okay, well, who's missing from this program or this pathway or this STEM course? The answers come out to be the same every time. And if we look to our industry partners and say, who's missing in the STEM careers? They also have pretty much the same statistics that we have in education. So we're not creating a pipeline for the industry that is equitably serving all. And so if I had to answer the antithesis of that question, which is how are we not creating STEM, you know, STEM equity, that's the answer. Now, can we create equity in STEM? Absolutely. Are we working towards it in some areas? Yes. Do we have a long way to go? Probably. 
And why is that important? I mean, why is the concept of equity so important, specifically in STEM? You know, it's so important because what our industry leaders tell us and, and what our school leaders already know is when we have diverse places for kids to learn and teachers to teach, the perspectives of all sharpen the saws of everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. If we're missing somebody at the table, their voice and their perspective is not heard, which does not help the rest of us learn something new. When we're all like-minded on a project, for example, in an industry maybe such as engineering, we can't solve the diverse problems that our global issues are throwing at us today. So we really need our students to be critically thinking and solving those problems together as young as pre-K. So I hear you saying that we should actually put equity almost at the forefront of planning some of these programs. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I am a huge proponent of starting with an equity framework before we pick a program. Right. To know the why before the how. As you spoke earlier, you talked about that kids aren't in the seats, right? So I'm going to ask you a question that's related to this idea of getting students in the seat or getting people into the seats. I didn't really realize that I could get a PhD. I knew no one with a PhD. Right. So my question to you is what role can mentorship play in promoting equity and success um, in the STEM field, in the STEM area? What, how can role mentorship play an important role in promoting this equity? Mentors are so vital to our students. If they can see it, they can be it. And they really need to see someone that they can look up to and say, oh, wow. And like you mentioned, a Ph.D., You know, if I can see someone and they can tell me their pathway to get there, I can say, oh, that could be me. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important that we have mentors in these STEM fields and that we have mentors that look like, you know, the students. So they can really start to dream about what is possible. There are lots of programs around the country that uh, support that and that have a component of mentorship as one of their pillars of success. And there are many industry supporters out there that are mentoring as volunteer hours as well. So, you know, combining the idea of an equity framework in a STEM program in a school with a company or an industry or, or a program that believes in um, that pillar, I think is, is a winning um, combination. And, and you've mentioned several times now equity frameworks. So just for our listeners to have a better understanding, what are equity frameworks and how what, how or why might we consider using these frameworks when we're creating programs like a STEM program? So my belief is we should dig in on our own school or our district to see what problem we're solving for before we randomly select a program for kids. And so we either have to do some some digging, some data analytics, or we have to ask some focus groups, some questions or dig into our communities to know what will really resonate with them. What does our Economic Development Council say about it? You know, where are our pathways leading to industries, either in our community or all around the world? And then, you know, how can we promote equity knowing where the students are coming from and where they're going um, to? And so there are lots of equity frameworks out there. If you just do a quick search, you'll, you'll find many of them. School boards, um, associations around the country are starting to um, really adopt this idea. And so find a framework that works for you that's simple enough. But what I would really suggest is 
find one where equity is the foundation of the house you're building, not a word on a page that sits on a shelf in a plan. But equity is actually serving as a foundation to your school board or your school or to your um, club that you're creating. Mm, it's a great way to think about it. So then once you have that foundation, how can organizations leverage that equity framework as that foundation, considering all the varying perspectives? So you've got, you know, your leadership, your principals, maybe your teachers, your students, your community, your mentors. How does all that kind of play together in using that framework as the foundation and building up? Each person, each stakeholder in your community has a lens or a perspective, right? And they have something, either a gap they're trying to fill or, you know, something inside of themselves that they're trying to give. And so finding each person in that community to say, okay, what do the students want? What will be attractive to students? And we will get a diverse population of kids to be in the program. How can we market and recruit that is equitably serving all so that they do see people like themselves in the program and they see themselves being successful there? Who are the teacher champions leading this cause? Because typically they're the attractors. If someone is a loved, beloved teacher on campus, typically they attract more students. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, the principal, what does the principal feel about it? If, if football looks more appealing than the STEM club or the chess club, then that will be on the news all the time. And maybe the STEM club won't ever get mentioned. Right. So it's, it's all about what's important to the leadership and what's important to the teachers who are facilitating. And then you have all your community members. If you start engaging them, uh, the beauty of that is you'll have a diverse uh, group of mentors and a, di a diverse group of stakeholders really invested in, in what you're doing for kids. Oh, I love that. When you said gaps, it made me think I just watched Rocky the other day and it's one of my <laughs> favorite movies. And I loved how Rocky talked about why he loved Adrian. I got gaps. She got gaps. We fill in our each other's gaps. Right. So this idea of working together as a community in order to develop something that's bigger than both of your parts, right? Like, I love that idea. So then the question that I'm thinking as I'm hearing that is, what should a teacher or school leaders consider or know if they want to get started? Like, what should they be, well, how do they know what Rocky knew? I got gaps, right? How do they dig <laughs> into those gaps, right? In order to bring STEM programs into their, into their schools or become more equitable in the delivery of their STEM programs? You know, when I did national boards uh, a few years back uh, now, knowledge of your students was one of the, the main ideas. And so I think that as the leaders of the school, they really have to have knowledge of their students, who is in their building and what will, what are the gaps and how can we fill them? And an interest club or something like that, or a new program or a new course or new pathway might be that thing. But it does take time. And I think that you have to know your gaps and then you have to know your strengths. So you have to know the teachers on campus who can really be those gap fillers. And you also have to know the teachers who will um, sabotage and the community members who might sabotage so that you can begin to create uh, a campaign around this is equity in STEM for all of our students. This isn't about, you know, program funding. This isn't about, you know, teacher stipends, favorites or anything like that. It's really about the kids. I appreciate that. Thank you for 
providing not only a idea, but also an, a planning step, right? Thinking about who not to invite is also a very <laughs> important part. I, I just kind of want to add something as somebody. So in my role as a STEM facilitator, it's actually looking bigger picture, larger district. And yes, we need those leaders in the building, but also how you have to be intentional because time is precious, precious, but having those instructional minutes, um, being intentional that students aren't being pulled out during STEM science time, um, making so there's also those things looking at a larger planning level of how do we provide access and resources um, so that our teachers can. I'm gonna be honest, like our elementary teachers teach seven subjects now with <laughs> SEL and math and reading and writing and and and. So how can we support them as well? and demystify this idea that STEM is, you'll hear, oh, I'm not really a science person, or at least you hear that math, and I'm like, don't say that. Right. <laughs> don't say it's a tricky problem. To, but how do we empower our teachers so that they can feel like they can empower students? There's lots of different levels, lots of different layers. And as you said, Winston, lots of different gaps to fill in. <laughs> uh, you brought up a really good point. Um, a few years back, uh, I had been part of a grant writing team and we were awarded a federal grant and the schools were going to become STEAM schools, all with a little bit of a different twist. But I did a lot of research and, you know, the E was often missing in STEM. And the reason for that through focus groups and interviews was teachers didn't feel equipped to be engineering teachers. And then the A was super important in STEAM because the A is, you know, it's not just the arts for art's sake, but it's actually about that critical thinking, the artist's habits of mind. It's about, it, you know, innovating and designing and creating. And when you think about how I live on the space coast of Florida, so when I think about how a rocket gets created and we have so many, you know, rocket makers right here in town, they have artists who work with engineers. And so the A is anchoring the E. So for teachers to think about how can I be a STEM teacher, what they can do, an easy step is look for an engineering design process that makes sense to their course or courses that they teach and modify that with their school colors, their school logos, make it personalized to them and really think about how they can anchor that E. If I'm really strong in tech or I'm really strong with the arts or I'm really strong with math or science. Really think about how to tie that E down because you don't have an engineer to make a rocket without a designer. Uh, mm -hmm. Somebody's got to see it and draw it for you to envision it. I like that. I like that. Me too. It, that, that almost sounds like something we should drop in our toolkit. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What, what is in the toolkit? Uh, what's in the toolkit? Check it out. All right. We are in our toolkit section. Um, so something that's actionable or that um, our listeners can take and, and go act on. Winston, what's something you, you're thinking about? So I've been um, reading a really cool book recently. It's called Culturally Responsive Education in the Classroom, an Equity Framework for Pedagogy by Ademi Stembridge. And what he Ademi does is get provides six real deep basic teaching questions that you can ask that helps teachers think about instructional practice and designing 
at experiences that allows for all students to have access, right? So it focuses deeply on the pedagogy and some of the pedagogical stances and maneuvers that teachers can do. Awesome. I'm actually going to point to uh, a few podcasts that we have had come out this fall um, that we've done on unpacking education. One was equity-driven selection, implementation, and evaluation of ed tech, which is part of that equity piece done with uh, Massachusetts Department of Ed and uh, Jin Suha from the Learning Accelerator. And we also had an episode 118 on broadening participation in K-12 computing with Carol Fletch- Dr. Carol Fletcher and 120, diversify the computer science pipeline with Alan Antoine. So I think those play in nicely with the conversation we're having with STEM. And if you're interested in, in more on the conversation, maybe check those out. I, uh, a little bit around, but also this um, Universal Design for Learning, UDL. But in particular, I appreciate, I believe I found it when I was in San Francisco Unified School District, but it comes from creative technology labs, but they actually have a UDL and computer science and computational computational thinking framework for you to kind of look in, um, which is helpful. And it relates very well to our conversation in STEM. So as you're planning and implementing that architecture of UDL, because as we mentioned earlier, if you reach for the margins and you encompass all, so what's good for some students ends up being raising everybody up. So other ideas. Carrie, do you want to add something to our toolkit? Well, I was going to go off script a little bit and uh, tell you a couple of books sitting on my desk, which are oldies but goodies. Uh, Mindset, Dr. Carol Dweck, always a good place to go back to if you're a parent or a coach or a teacher or somebody who wants to get into mentoring maybe in the STEM fields. Um, Also a book, I think that our educators need to uh, read something right now that's going to keep them going. So there's a book called Carry On Warrior by Glennon Doyle Melton. It's a it's a great read, but it also keeps your fires lit um, to just get past anything that might be stopping you. All right. Awesome. I have to add that to my list. So this takes us into our one thing. It's time for that one thing. One thing. So let's get started with you, Winston. What's your one thing, your one takeaway for this episode? I I really appreciate the idea of not spinning your wheels because you can start a lot of equity moves, but knowing your why, knowing where you're starting from, knowing how and who you need to work with, like marketing. Sometimes it's not marketing to the right person. So figure out who you need to market to. So um, do some more learning before you act. Love it. And once I got past Winston listening or watching Rocky, I just kept wanting to say, yo, Winston. (laughs) (laughs) Or cut me, Winston. (laughs) Or actually, you have to say that to me because I'm Polly, right? (laughs) Once I got past all that, (laughs) I was thinking about when Carrie was saying the E is often missing in STEM, which seems so ironic to me because when I think of STEM, I think of that engineering piece almost first, but that's really an interesting viewpoint. And then that anchoring the E in, you know, in all these multiple ways, especially, you know, the A you said in steam, cause I have a son who's an art major. So he's totally would be that designer and that um, 
artistic vision of what it, what's going with it too. So I really appreciated that piece. Yeah, I also think of the E first in STEM, which is interesting to think about and just how it's you can incorporate that engineering design process into so many different um, content areas. But for me, I, I just really appreciate that who's missing in the chairs and how when we bring multiple perspectives have such diversity, it actually sharpens and enhances everybody in the room. And especially when we think about this is industry. It was interesting because I just did a deep dive into some data as well. And, I, and you know, it looks the same. We are just helping the pipeline perpetuate right now with some of our data. So it's interesting if we want to provide, you know, we talk a lot about AR, all these different things happening right now. And we want to have different perspectives, different voices, different people designing for all. So we need to help change who's going into industry. Carrie, what's your one thing? Like one final thing to leave our listeners with. I would just say, dig deep, find somewhere that you can go volunteer. Even if it's an hour a week, give up one lunch break, give up one coffee stop, give up whatever it is, just an hour a week and give back somewhere. And then once you're involved, find a way to stay involved. Mm. I love the industry tip for all of those who are thinking about coming into education from the computer engineering world. We welcome you. We got a whole area that's dedicated to y'all STEM and STEAM. So you can always bring yourself to a game, a system that really helps you change the world and do some really cool things. Maybe take the knowledge that you know and pass it on to another person and be that mentor to help a kid see something that they never thought they could see before. So as you are doing your thing, listening to this podcast, we hope and say thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully some of the conversations that we have push you to think a little bit and push you to act. As we all know, equity is about action. So please take one step forward. Let's try to do something different. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being here, Carrie. Thanks. Wall to wall equity and access opportunity for all. There you go. Thanks for listening to Unpacking Education. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can discover resources to support student agency, equity, and academic tenacity to create a classroom for future-ready learners. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Unpacking Education. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thank you for all you do. You make a difference.